people can see our sponsors, see who's paying the bills. Chase Bliss and Tour Gear Designs. All right, here comes the intro music. I just kissed Steve's side of the screen. <laughs> oh. I definitely processed that as you kissing your mic. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Everything you just said is completely true. Uh, let's jump on to the first advertisement. Let me pull it up here on our shared screen. It is for a vintage Gibson 1966 EBO electric bass guitar, Polaris White. I don't think it's fair to just call this a Gibson EBO. This is a SG PJ bass. Yeah, this uh, has this product is described as headstock repair, added pickups, electronics change. This product comes with a case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this, man. <laughs> well, you're, we're looking at you know the SG style base design uh, that has that gigantic, huge pickup in the neck. I don't know what's going on with those pickups, but they're just impressive how huge they are on those bases. Uh, at its core, I think it's an attractive instrument, but then someone's gone and done a modification to it. They, I don't hate this modification. <laughs> I kind of don't either, and it's kind of makes sense if you think about it they threw in uh you know the the pj set the p bass combined yeah. with the the jazz bass pickup uh i have no idea what those big gibson neck bass pickups sound like but you can't deny that a p bass pickup and a jazz bass pickup together are just a really wonderful modern solution for bass um they're called mud buckers Oh, the big one? Yeah. If that gives you any idea what uh, they that it potentially sounds like. They also, just I'm sound kind of crystal clear and have a little bit of a hum to them. I'm also kind of confused on this one. Where are the freaking screws at? Oh, for the for the mudbucker. Yeah. Yeah. There should be screws in them. Like, does this thing even work? That is always a question worth asking. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming... I don't, I, I mean, I guess I don't, I've never thought about it. Like if you take the pull pieces out of a pickup, you still have a, a coil. Right. But sometimes the pull pieces are magnetic. I don't know the specifics of this pickup design, so I couldn't say. If the pull pieces are not magnetic, then this still will function. If the pull pieces were the magnetic part of this, then it's probably not going to function great if there's another magnet inside, or if those were the only magnets. I don't think that's ever the case. I don't think ever the poles are the only magnets, but I think sometimes they are magnets to help. Right. I don't know how um, pickups work. I'm not a pickup scientist. I know. We need to bring in a... We need to... Why isn't... Uh, why isn't... Uh, bring in an expert. Uh, who are you going to suggest? I don't know. We don't have any friends who are pickup makers, I guess. <laughs> We have pickup makers we've worked with, but yeah, we tend yeah. to not stay friends with them because they're such awful people. Oh my gosh. So basically like a mud bucker <laughs> gets his name. I was, I did some quick reading and they are kind of known for like 
du- really duplicating like a double bass tone and nothing else. Ah, gotcha. Like they're all low, low and low mids and not much else. And so hence the name Mudbucker. Uh, so here's the deal. This, maybe it's because of the color. I don't know. But I'm seeing the EBOs in much, much, much better condition on eBay for um, like the same price uh, and not not mangled. Up, not mangled. Here's a I am not, of the I'm not seeing this stock. color though. Yeah, I really like this uh this off white, this cream color. I'm sure it was bright white when it was brand new, but I like it anytime an SG is anything other than black or red. Yeah. And you make them white and that just pops. So yeah, well, like, I the, like the Yeah, look. the classic EBO is definitely it's um red. I'm pretty uh, sure Ariel has one of these. Cherry, yeah. the, my uh my bandmate in Dinosaur Ghost has one of these as his base. Oh yeah, but his is cherry. Like it's the color, or the it's condition? the co- you know it's not cherry. It's, it's not in perfect condition. It's it's the color cherry. <laughs> that threw me for a second. Yeah, it, it said it had a headstock repair. You can see that there is like yeah. a crack along the headstock. I don't know if that's that is the repair or if that's just a finished crack. I think that's the repair. I think that's it, it was like just glued back together. Yeah, but not not refinished. And they just got it put together really tight, so it just looks like a crack. This scene looks like a lot of fun, um, but it's not fourteen hundred dollars of fun. No. I what 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 would you expect to pay? I mean, this was listed on Guitar Center, by the way, with basically no description. Oh, this is in La Mesa. Oh, is it? Yeah. This was sent to us by Daniel Esporma, by the way. If I don't know if I mentioned who. I think it. he lives in New. I think Daniel Esporma lives in New York, so he must have just been on. Why is he stalking our Guitar Center? Oh, because oh, you know, never mind, national. never mind. It's in Guitar Center Grand Rapids. Oh, that makes more sense. Um, it's saying, uh, but it's telling you you could pick it up from La Mesa. Yeah, they they will ship it to La Mesa, which I think usually when you ship to store, it'll they'll ship it for free. I think. Mm. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely not going over a thousand. I'm thinking seven, eight, seven fifty tops, maybe. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to touch this thing in person to get stoked on it. Um, and, and and I mean that's the thing is you. I could see sitting down in. It doesn't have the original bridge either, does it? Or no, it doesn't have because the original, the original bridge has like those big side posts and it's got holes for those. Yeah, it has like the original pit guard and tuners. Yeah. And I, maybe two of the strings are original, but I'm not sure if it's the wow, the wrapped red wrapped strings or the not wrapped strings. <laughs> Wait, does it say two of the strings are original? Because if that's true, no, that's I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sassy Cat says 350 bucks. I mean, I, it's, I think it's worth whatever someone thinks it's worth. <laughs> Damien uh, Martinez, Damien Martinez says eight hundred tops. I like how mangled Martinez, like it was a f- new word yeah, to me. Like you've never seen that. Martinez, word. It's, also, it's Martinez. Martinez. <laughs> Robot Master Switch says six fifty to eight hundred tops. Yeah, I think I'm I'm vibing with that range. I think uh, I would have to see it in person. I mean, this is in a hypothetical world where I'm shopping for a base. I'd have to see it in person, see how it feels, see how it checks out. If the neck is fine stuff like that 
make sure everything works. If that pickup doesn't work, then there's a bargaining uh, point for me. Um, but if everything works, I can't see myself going over 750 on this. Yeah. Like I said, like these things in good condition, origi- good original condition, uh, are like 1400. People try to sell them for a little bit more, but, but yeah. you're kind of stuck there. You're, you're never yeah. going to be able to revert this thing to original condition because of the wood taken out. Well, you just got to get a lot of wood filler. <laughs> well, I guess you could. There's people out there who can work that magic. They can fill it with, you know, replacement pieces of wood and then match the paint and make it all blend together. But, man, by the time you're done spending that money, you should have just bought a real deal one, you know, or one that's yeah. not mangled. What do you think, Steve? You think we covered it? I think, I think we, we did. It. What are you drinking tonight, man? I am drinking. Uh, well,. Last week, Grant from Bigger Pedals sent us some money over PayPal and was like, go get yourself some drinks. And so my wife was going to the store today, and uh, I told her to just pick something for me. I was like, use your best guest. Go off the art. I don't care. Pick something. So she picked this Yeti for me. Oh, nice. From Great Divide. It's an Imperial Where was she shopping that she found Yeti in a can? Just Vons. Dang. Just the local Vons, which is a safe way for the people living... Also, where you don't have Vons. Uh, but it's an Imperial Stout. Tastes really good. I haven't had a, a lot yeah. of beer lately. It is dark, 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 dark. This is going to blow my blood sugar off the charts. <laughs> 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 what are you drinking, man? I'm drinking uh, the Garage Brewing Triple. Mm. Uh, and we'll see how this goes because I think I might be allergic to this beer. <laughs> Are you serious? What part of it there, are you allergic there's a, to? There's a few beers that um, I don't know if what's in them, what it is about the process that I'm like, I get, I like break out. Oh, wow. Um, like I have I no get idea. Really rashy, like a red wine, like red wine rash kind of a thing. I have, uh, I have not experienced that a, one. Yeah. Well, it's because you're not Asian. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if that's what it is, but finally, it is proof. We, it is, yeah, it is weird that uh, I've that, been wondering uh, if I was Asian. <laughs> there's, there's like some beers that like it doesn't matter. You know, I can have a thousand cores and I will never right. break out. I will just die. Um, but then like other You'll ones, are, like I said, it's like it's like a red wine effect. So I don't know if there's something in the in the way that they make this that leaves like the sulfites in or, or whatever they put in it. Um, but I'm pretty sure this is one that when I've had it before, um, I've definitely had a rash. The last time, the last time I totally unrelated, totally, totally unrelated. Um, the, the last time I went, uh, I, not the last time, one of the most recent times I had beer, um, it was after going hiking and so I think I picked up like something, some allergens on the hike, got a bunch of like weird pollen in my lungs. And then I drank the beer and I broke out super mm. bad because I think my immune system was already like tripping balls on the pollen. <laughs> that pollen is strong stuff. Yeah. It was like not, not the business. I don't have any allergies, so I don't know exactly what you people go through by you people. I mean, allergic people. My son yeah. gets allergic to cats. So he gets all sniffly and seems miserable. I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't have allergies. Seems awful. <laughs> <laughs> Tin can Sucks space man says I'm, 
I'm allergic to tequila. I break out in handcuffs. <laughs> what else is new, man? What do you got going on? Um, I was supposed to record a, uh, uh, you know, a lot of like bands and churches and stuff are doing the record from like, shelter. they're doing the stems thing basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, so we were supposed to do one of those this week and I just couldn't get it together, which was a big mm. bummer. Um, but our place is so small. Uh, and I was, would have been like recording in here. I basically had to was like looking at trying to figure out how to rearrange the entire room. And then the whole thing is like they want to be able to see the instrument. So I can't sit where I'm sitting right now. I have to like sit on the bed somehow. So I was like, wow, I'm trying to figure out all the logistics of it. Mm. Trying to figure out like what do I do with my pedal board because I can't really step on it while sitting on the bed. Uh, I did put together like a cool little pedal board. Um that was uh, the Haymaker, the um, DOD Rubberneck, and uh, the Afterneath. Okay. So I'm kind of bummed I didn't get to mess around with that. That would have been a lot of fun. So when you play off of stems, uh, is it like playing to a track and then they put it all together afterwards? Yeah. So what they did is um, our worship leader... Uh, recorded like a scratch track at church after church last Sunday. So it's just keys and vocal and the, and the MD track. Gotcha. Verse two, three, four, that whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so they sent that out. They sent out three songs where it's all like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, then you record your part on, and you, on video, you just record the video and uh, and then you send it to someone who's gonna put all of the like different videos together. That would drive me nuts. Yeah, and I didn't realize how that's how all of the um, all of the bands that have been doing it, like where it looks like they're live streaming, right, but they're right. not. They're just record. Each one is recording their individual part, and then one of them or a producer or something is putting it all together. So much of my playing, because I'm sloppy and undisciplined, is reactionary to the other instruments to <laughs> the drums to the bass even to right. the keys uh if i was playing to the tracks i don't think it would work for me i think i'd be too all over the map i think i'd send it send it to them and they'd be like oh we can't really use this because it's not ma- match- matching with anything else well that's the nerve-wracking part about it we, you know melissa and i were talking about it is um, how do you feel like when you have, when you do this, you have the opportunity to go back and be like, Oh, I don't like what I did there. Right. Right. Now the, the idea is that we were supposed to just play these three tracks. Like they sent three songs, but the idea is that you would just put them on a playlist and go from the first song to the second song to the third song. And you just go all the way through. Um, but, um, you know, how many, like, on the one hand, I could be like, oh, I'm just going to bust this out and send it off and be done. Uh, on the other hand, I could also see like, re- you know, recording, getting to minute 16 of the video when you're, you know, two thirds of the way through song three, hitting a note so bad that you're like, yeah, I have to record all three songs I all mean, over again. I'd get, I'd get stuck in a loop of just being like, ah, oh, that sucked. I got to start over. Oh, that sucked. I'm going to start over. I'm looking forward to seeing what like everyone else put together. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure it'll be fun. But eventually, I just start sabotaging it. And be like, 
just play it all in the wrong key and be like, yeah. I don't know what's wrong. Let's see. Uh, let's see what happens if they can deal. Let's see if they can deal with this harmony. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sounds good, and all of a sudden the electric guitar drops out, but you're still still going at it like in the video, and then all of a sudden your camera blacks out. I hope they like just dis- for the rest of it. I hope they like feedback and dissonance because that's what they're getting. <laughs> I'm going to play behind the bridge on my offset here. <laughs> uh, yeah, be cool. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been messing around with the, uh, the Tysco interface. Oh yeah. Uh, as like a sit on the couch, mess around like jam sort of thing at night. Cause I plug it into the laptop. It's just, there's really no like crazy features to this. It just looks really slick. Mm-hmm. And it's like a uh, it's a, a two channel uh, input device. It's a two channel uh, what is it called interface? <laughs> and it's so what a, is it? So so what is is this like the kind of like the orange thing? Kind of, but uh, it's it's more of just it's more interface where the orange thing is meant to be like a connection to apps specifically that then feed into your amp uh, as part of a pedal board. So this can be a direct interface into your computer for recording. Or just uh, getting your signal in there, and and you can output. It's got two outputs, mm-hmm. so you can output to monitors or output to an amp. Oh, cool! Uh, output to headphones. Uh, you can probably do two headphones at the same time. So because you can record two tracks at the same time, if you're sitting there with Buddy, you could record both your tracks and monitor at the same time. Um, and then it's USB out right there to get it into your computer. But anyways, yes, it's just a really basic interface in a pedal board format. You could put it on your pedal board. But what I want to talk about uh, is that because I've been using that, I've discovered um, just kind of how great a lot of the sounds in GarageBand are. (laughs) They actually have like a legitimately drippy reverb in GarageBand. Oh, yeah. Which is shocking to me that there's so many pedals and so many like modeling amps that don't do that well. And then hidden there in GarageBand, there's some very drippy, surfy sounds <laughs> to be found. So I need to record some sort of little track. Um, but my little bit of messing around the past couple of nights doing that, I've realized that I've completely forgotten how to write a song. <laughs> <laughs> I can write loops. I can sit and jam and noodle for a while. Like, I was just making these little jams. Like, well, I've got... About a minute of jamming over two bars of chords. Where do I go from here? <laughs> That's what a song is. Yeah, yeah. But I need to figure out, you know, verse, chorus, bridge, and so on and so on. It's been too long. It's been too long since I wrote actual songs. So I need to figure that out. So, um, so one of the guys who's in the live chat right now is uh yes. is uh his name's fret level midnight mm-hmm. which of course i take as a ref as like a fun guitar spin on the office you know michael scott's movie was called threat level midnight mm-hmm. and then you talking about like oh you know songwriting you know you've got the verse the chorus a bridge uh made me think of the character kevin mm-hmm where he's like talking about like oh I love I love the alphabet you know you got your A's your B's your C's the elemental P's <laughs> uh, Q 
Yeah. You know, all the le- all of the letters. You got I you hate, gotta have all of the letters. I hate that even as an adult, like if I need to figure out where a letter is in the alphabet, I have to go A B C D E F G H I J K and like I like go oh, yeah, through yeah. it. Absolutely. Like, where is Q again? What is and Q it's com- next to? It's completely arbitrary, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like the order of the letters are kind of nonsense. Yeah, but, but there's no reason so why they need to be in an order at all. Like Yeah. Who cares? Uh, th- I mean, I, okay, 2021, let's pass a law to make it so the alphabet is in random order every time. Oh my gosh. I'm already work like I'm already fixated on getting rid of letters, so <laughs> I'm on that I'm on the simplified alphabet train. I could get behind that. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I get like, a vague idea of it. Like, let's replace, uh, you know, various things with other things and just call it a day. Like, no more C's and K's. Just combine them. Well, I think the so the one the one that I I've read about that I'm pretty behind is there's no more C's at all. C the letter C doesn't make a sound that another letter doesn't make. Mm. So uh, you you get rid of the letter C. All of your hard C sounds are now K's. All of your soft C sounds are now S's. Mm. So, a word like cleanse. That's a K. Just K. If you uh, want to make it kooky, you put the K e backwards. In S cleanse. Yeah. Anyway, there's there's a whole big old thing on it. What's what's new with you? Oh, the Tysco pedals. The Tysco pedals. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other thing that's hilarious. C- Got to be completely random. I hope. Lay it on me, man. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, right when you started talking about um, that pedal, Lauren from Tysco started messaging us on Instagram. Oh, it's because I sent her a message earlier. Yeah, no, I, I figured that out, but I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, now people know her name. I can't censor that out. Way to go, Steve. Yeah. I don't think she cares. I don't think she wants to be anonymous, but <laughs> her for, I only gave her first name. It's not yeah. like I said, Hey guys, go friend this person, full name, social security number. Bank <laughs> we account do number, have her social security pin number. number. <laughs> do they have social security numbers in Australia? I feel like uh, they probably don't. I don't know, but they might have them in where she actually lives. I thought she lived in Australia. Did that's where know? she was from. Know. We're giving a lot of information about her. Oh yeah. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Oh, if you work man. for Tysco, you must live in Japan, right? That's the way it works. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to tackle the topic or are we doing a uh, sponsorship? We're doing a sponsorship. This week's first sponsor is... Um, hold on. I didn't take notes on what. Do you want me to just pick one? This week's first sponsor is Chase Blidio. Chase Blidio. Chase Audio. Chase Blidio. Uh, you got to sing the song now. Chase Blidio. Chase Blidio. I don't know what song you meant, but the song you sang last week for Chase. How did uh, it go? All right. Anyway, uh, Chase Bliss <laughs> Audio. They make all kinds of pedals. They make the thing that Ryan is looking for right now, the Automaton. Uh, preamp Mark II, Mark Dose. I still need to uh, plug it in and start prepping to uh, demo this thing. But man, there should be lights inside the box when you open it up to to show off the glory, uh, the glory of this pedal, the glory of this thing. 
Oh, God. That's a church joke right there. <laughs> well, it took me a second. That was a, that's an old school one. <laughs> and yeah, you could use that pedal for church to make songs like that, or you could use it in yeah. the studio to impress your clients. Uh, and like, oh, hey, you want to plug into a drive pedal, a preamp? Let's pull this thing out. It moves. It's robotic. And your, uh, your clients in your studio will be just impressed. They'll be blown back. Their hair will blow back because they've never seen a pedal that's robotic like that. And we'll be like, we picked the right studio to record in. Or you throw it on your uh, your ambient doom metal board or whatever and, uh, you know, <laughs> take a big old hit of the bong, just press the preset button and watch those uh, sliders fly back and forth and have a good old nice. time. Yeah. So Chaseless Audio, go check them out. Go check out the Automatone. Go check out all their other pedals. I'm in love with the Blooper. I'm in love with the Dark World. I'm in love with Brothers. I'm in love with so many other pedals. Uh, I just did a video the other day that had the Gravitas in it, the first Chaseless pedal oh, yeah. I ever had. Things too good. They're all too good for pedals more creative than you are. Chaseless Audio, go check them out. Chase uh, send them money, audio. buy some stuff, even if it's just to thank them for supporting the content that you love. Oh, damn, someone sent us a super chat. Damaged. 262. Oh, sent us two bucks. I was going to give you 200K, but you started WOM? I have no idea. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> All right, uh, the topic. Do you want to do the topic now? Yeah, this first topic was sent by somebody. I, ha- I sent you a screen grab, dude. Andrew I'm Higgs. opening it. Andrew Higgs sent us a topic. He said, about the guitar store of the future, contactless, is that a thing? And burgers, maybe hot burger and hot pups. He wants to know about the guitar store of the future and hamburgers and hot puppies. Maybe he means pickups, but. (laughs) Uh, So guitar store of the future, what do you think, Steve? You know, I think, um, um, I think, I don't know what contactless guitar store looks like. It means they don't touch you anymore, Steve. Remember when you go in a guitar store and everyone was touching you? Yeah, I, I get it. Um, but I'm saying, like, I don't know what that looks like in terms of, you know, I, you you talked about going to Guitar Center last week and how, you know, they're limiting the number of people who can go online. And that's already a change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder, like, our, like what where do stores um, uh, going? Like, are they wiping down all these guitars afterwards? Or they just figure, like... You know, are they checking people's temperatures before they go in? Well, I think once we get past all this business, I think the temperature stuff will be over. I think limiting how many people go in will be over. But I think people are going to be twitchy for a long time oh, about yeah. stuff being dirty, about stuff not being cleaned, about touching stuff that other people were touching. Well, I think it depends. it's going to depend a lot on where you live. So Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but maybe we'll see the guitar sort of the future where everything's more behind the counter the way things used to be more often like guitar centers of the world and stuff put everything out for everyone to touch which is fun for the window shoppers of the world but maybe it's not the best business model because i've complained so many times about picking up a guitar off the wall at a guitar center and just being like man this thing is trashed right because the other side of it that is like i mean that already works decently in like a specialty shop Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's sometimes you just want to go in there and you're sitting around going, 
Um, uh, you know, people need to just go in and they go like, I got a thousand dollars. I don't know what I want. I just want to sit down and play guitar. And if I like one of them, I'm just going to buy it. I'm going to buy right, it. Right. Well, maybe and it'll so, go back to the good old days of having, I mean, this is, this is me just throwing out a crazy idea, having knowledgeable staff and you go up and you talk to the staff and like, oh, I'm looking for this or that. And they recommend something. And then they bring you the guitars while you're sitting there playing. You're like, I like this one, but I wish it was a little bit more like this. And they're like, well, how about I got the guitar for you? And then they go grab you a Gretsch. And you're like, hmm, that's a little bit too Gretschy. Anything kind of <laughs> Gretschy, but not all the way Gretschy. And then they go get you uh, a guild or something like that, you know? Yeah. I'm talking about customer service, a return to service. What a do you return think of that? to service. Hey, I, I doubt it. <laughs> they want to just hire they just want to hire high school kids yeah well they want to they want to pay for high school kids they'll hire anyone who will take that amount of pay <laughs> that's true that's a good point yeah 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 i think that's i think that's adept i think you may start seeing stores where it's like more going towards like a high-end style i will say I, we went to one store and it was like very um it was almost like they wanted to have the contactless experience. Mm. Uh, now I went there uh, and basically I think that they were kind of an acoustic specialty store. They did have some electric guitars, but um, we were there. Uh, one of my friends uh, played acoustic and was looking to upgrade and probably to spend like two to three grand on a guitar. And so he basically went in there and um told them like oh yeah you know uh i'm looking for this and this is kind of the price range and they were like oh we don't sell anything in that price range mm. and then it kind of got into like a weird pissing match because he's like well you know i'm not really looking to like i'm, I'm looking to buy like a guitar that's going to get played all the time and they're like well we assure you that all of our seven thousand dollar acoustic guitars that are purchased get played regularly <laughs> and it's like you know no, I'm just looking more weird. for a guitar that I don't need an insurance policy on. Um, yeah, it was wild. Like, you know, he basically told him, like, this is what I'm looking at. This is the brand and whatever. And they were like, oh, we could get that. But normally we don't buy, like, that low end from that yeah. company. Maybe we'll see a return of, like, specialty stores. Like, niche, niche stores, depending on how you pronounce it. Um that's a nice, crispy little fizz I got there. Nice fizz, can you, Steve. Can you hear that? I can hear it. Mm. Nice fizz on there. All uh, your people are going to be like, oh, I hate you. How's my beer? <laughs> but, like, Guitar Center kind of try to appeal to everyone at the same time. And because of that, they miss a lot of marks. They li miss a lot of niche yeah. markets. Um, where there used to be scenes of mom-and-pop stores. Like, you think of, like, Buffalo Brothers. Yeah, they had some very niche products in there. You think about Guitar Trader; these are these are local stores that are defunct now. They disappeared. Yeah, um, that had uh, you know niche collections in there that you couldn't find other places. So maybe like in big cities, it's like you'll see stores popping up. Like, oh, if you want vintage, go over to this store. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want the cheap stuff? You want Squires and Epiphones and all sorts of like wonky import stuff? Go over to this place downtown. Like they've got it all. You can try it all there. They don't care yeah. anything else though. Like I think that would be 
I think focusing on like making stores a destination for specific things would be a good marketing move. But I don't know. I don't. I don't run a shop, so maybe shop owners are, well, are listening you know, to this I think and they're the, like, "That's that doesn't work, Ryan." I think the hard thing is that you know, um, assuming that everything has, and and maybe this is maybe this is a, a little bit too much of an assumption, but I, I don't know that it is. Like, if we kind of, if you kind of just assume that everything has like a forty percent markup, mm. you're making on a hundred dollar guitar, you're making forty bucks. Basically, right. right on a thousand dollar guitar, you're making four hundred bucks. So thinking about it that way, like, what's easier? Is it easier to sell ten hundred dollar guitars or one one thousand dollar guitar? You're making the same amount of money, right? Um, and and I think that's where like you kind of get stuck, and that's where the tire kicking pays off because you know you have the guys who come in and and they try a Squire fifty one. And they go, oh, this is neat, you know. And Guitar Center or Sam Ash or whatever is going to sell, you know, a hundred Squire Fifty Ones in the same time frame that they sell like one PRS Modern Eagle. Right, right. And you know, maybe just the the for those stores like the having one ten thousand dollar PRS is what gets people to come in and be like, oh, this is a really cool thing to look at. I'm going to buy the $2,000, $3,000 yeah. PRS now. I think it would be interesting to see the Toman model in the States. I mean, we've got Sweetwater, but they're, 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 the shop that they have on location is pretty basic and pretty mm-hmm. – it's like a like the, a smaller version of Guitar Center. I mean, maybe they've changed it. I know they have a new warehouse. Maybe they have a new showroom floor now. Right. Um, but Toman is interesting because it's way the hell out in the middle of nowhere, basically. It's in this very tiny little town. And there's even like the next closest towns are not a big deal. Like the next closest town is like a tourist town. There's right. not a lot going on there other than just tourist stuff. Uh, but it's a destination for people. People are like, oh, man, I'm going to go drive to Toman and I'll get a hotel and I'll go hang out and I'll try everything there. Because Toman floats on being an online retailer for the most part. But then their store is like, it's a maze of different departments and stuff. And they have a huge selection there. And people go. People go out of their way to get there. Like, what if someone started a guitar store? Anytime there's like a guitar store in our town, in San Diego, they try to get it as close to population centers as possible. But what if someone started a online distribution warehouse that had a really bitchin' store like out in Alpine or mm. out in Borrego or something like that, or even out in the back ends of Ramona. These are places that are for people that don't know geography podcasting. Yeah. Uh, the, these are places that are good 45 minutes to an hour and a half out of the city, out into the boonies, you know? Yeah. So you've got you've got a showroom floor for people who want to make the pilgrimage, and then you're mostly floated by your online retail stuff. How many people? So do you do you have any idea how many people are actually employed by by Toman? Oh, a lot, but I don't think it takes a lot of them to run the actual store. Right. No, th- I mean, that's what I mean. Like, how many of the people who are employed by Toman actually live near 
I'm just reading about that whole area. Right. Right the, now, the, it's the, kind the of wild. The town, I, I, I doubt most of them live in that town, but there's, you know, towns around it. Right. Well, yeah, so um, Bamberg, is Bamberg where you stayed? The first time. The first time. Yeah. And that's a good, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from Toman. What in the world? Bam, the Bamberg, Bamberg, Bamberg district does not include Bamberg. The town of Bamberg is located in Upper Franconia. Oh my god. Anyway, there's apparently a hundred anywhere between 183 and 300 people who actually live in Treppendorf. All right, we're about to change. Oh topics. boy. Freaking big ear pedals, Grant and Karen just super chatted us 420 bucks. You know that Google's going to take a big chunk of that, guys. Oh. You should have PayPal'd it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna do that. We're most likely not gonna do this next week. We're gonna have to strategize on how to do this because this is uh, complicated. We're doing the four twenty level of patronage here. <laughs> Damn it, guys! Uh. We're gonna have to try. We're gonna have to do some hard planning to figure out. Yeah, how we're gonna pull that off? Might have to do like. <laughs> might have to make it a Friday night. Sure. You ever you ever get crossfaded? What is crossfaded? It's when you drink and you smoke. I've never Steve, we had this discussion last week. I've never I've never partaken. Oh yeah, that's right. We did. All right. Um yeah, and everybody I agree with Robot Master Switch in the chat. Uh go buy a big ear woodcutter. They're they're freaking great. Go I just, buy anything. Go I just demoed the loaf. The loaf is a lot of fun, especially on baritone. Yeah. Damn it, Grant and Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so if sweet if so you're saying Sweetwater, you're basically just saying like they need a better showroom. Um I, well, I'm saying what if that you took I'm not saying that about Sweetwater. I'm saying what if that that model was more common? Like anytime right. you hear about a cool guitar shop in the states, it's as close to a city as possible, which means the rent is going to be higher, which means costs are going to be higher. Uh, you think about Toman, like, yeah, they have a lot of high end stuff, but they have these budget lines that people really love the Harley Benton stuff. And, uh, I'm just saying, what if there's an American version where it's not such like a rat race when you're there, because it's not everyone in the County just like, Oh, I'm I'm here to just kick the tires. It's like people made a trek to be there intentionally. They're, they're taking their time. They're more relaxed. They're, you know, not being all aggro. Uh, there's because business is cheaper out in the boonies, there's better deals maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. there is a product line that is sold directly through this. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. It probably doesn't make any sense. No, I, I, I think the problem is, is there's an American mindset that, that makes that harder to happen. Um, as far as stores, you know, uh, having their own brand. It's interesting because you see that for everything except guitars. Yeah. Um, you know, guitar center has the, I think it's digital reference, uh, is like their own line of microphones. Sam Ash, the Samson brand. Well, I think what it Sam is, Ash. well, even, even Toman, the brand is Harley Benton. 
it's just everyone knows, like, hey, this is Toman's house brand. No, I know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, guitar, like, American companies have that for other products. Uh, like I said, Samson microphones, uh, I'm pretty sure are, like, ex- I don't know if they're exclusively sold through. I guess they're not exclusively sold through. Um, they're sold through a lot of things. But my understanding is Samson microphones were started from Sam Ash. Maybe not because I'm seeing them sold a lot of places. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, I think a lo- the, the reason to separate the name from the brand is, first of all, it's corny. I mean, Guitar yeah. Center could have come out with their own line of solid state amps, but instead they rebranded acoustics and came out with an acoustic line mm-hmm. of solid state amps that don't really have much to do with the original acoustics. Yeah. Um, and I think it is to like is to, to not be corny, but also separate yourself from the brand in case people hate it. Then it's not like, oh, remember Guitar Center amps? Oh, it's just awful. Instead, like if they ever need to ditch acoustic amps, and they're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't us. That was acoustic amps, even though it is their house brand, you know? Um, so I get that. But then, you know, like if Guitar Center wanted to have a, a line of guitars, they could do it. They could do the same thing as, as that Toman is doing. They're sourcing yeah. the production to overseas factories that are probably making guitars for all kinds of other people. Guitar Center probably has a contact for those people. They could start having, you know, their version of a Les Paul or a Stratmate or something. I think they just don't want to do it. I don't know. They've probably looked at it and like, ah, nah, it was too much, too much effort. Well, I also wonder if there's like an American, like a difference on the Americans. It could be effort. It could be effort. Um, I mean, I think there's definitely advantages to um, there, or rather, there could be something with the market. I think there's a where, political side of it too with the, the the brands that they work with. Like, I'm not totally sure how Toman gets away with it. Maybe just because they're the biggest in Europe, like a huge retailer that like Fender and Gibson, and everyone else looks the other way. They're like, well, they got to do what they got to do. And we got to sell through them because they move the most product for us, you know? So maybe mm-hmm. Guitar Center doesn't think they could get away with that sort of thing, you know? Where they, like, can challenge Gibson and Fender while still selling Gibson and Fender. I don't know. Yeah. We really um, changed the topic here. This doesn't have anything to do no, with the you know, topic. Um, uh, was it someone, uh, not Paul, someone else in there was saying Mitchell... Guitars is actually a Guitar Center house brand. Mm. I forgot about them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, even like I have one of their acoustics. And then uh, years ago, they were trying to find like YouTube pitchmen. But that was before we were doing like really getting heavy into. I'm glad we the, did this stuff. Those, but um, those guitars looked wonky. Yeah, they were kind of. But free guitars, man. Um, oh, free I was guitars say, just load me up. I was going to say like I think what some of the differences too is. Um, I think when you from from what it sounds like when you're a shop in the UK in the UK or Europe or whatever, it might actually be cheaper for those brands to just like to start their own like guitar cheap guitar lineup than try to get like Squire because with right, Squire right. you're like having to pay like an American customs upcharge versus was, just getting it. I was talking to direct. someone in Brazil over Instagram uh, a while back, and they were saying. Like, you pay like a thousand US for a Squire. Oh Brazil. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. You're telling me that. 
That's crazy. And to get like even a Mexican fender is big, big money down there, let alone an American, you know? It's yeah. amazing it's amazing that we get them for as cheap as we get them here. I think it's just competition, you know, and the availability of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I was starting to crack plans to like, oh man, I got to go down to Brazil. I can carry two guitars at a time. I'll sell them and it'll pay for the trip. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, next ad? Yeah, this next ad was sent by Anthony G. Corbo. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a unique used Fender Duosonic 2017 that got a major overhaul. How so? Paint has aged to a duller yellow, giving it a vintage look. Has custom racing stripe on the rear. It looks like it's on the front. Uh, Replace the wiring with the GFS quick plug system with coil tap. Replace your pickups at any time with no soldering. Stock pickups upgraded to GFS crunchy rails in the bridge and little killer in the neck. These boys are hot. Hot pickups. Replace the wiring with the GFS quick plug. Why does he say this twice? I don't know. He did it twice. He says that whole thing <laughs> twice. Replace the stock tuners with genuine... Dude, I was reading that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, with genuine fender locking tuners found on an American Fenders, these things make string changes a breeze and hold their tuning like crazy. <sighs> Insane Fred, tuning stability. It will drive you wild. Yeah. Fret action is fast and the guitar is a few, has hit a few bumps. Included... Uh, Included, I included pictures of all that I can find. Guessing five to seven dings, scratches, slightly bent pull-up tone knob. Uh, harness was intended for a tele guitar, so I had to Frankenstein the pick guard to make it fit. <laughs> the neck pickup sometimes takes a minute to kick on, but that could just be user error on my part. What is it? The battle damage is too much. If the battle damage is too much for you, the pick guard can always be replaced. Bottom line is, this is a fun mixing and guitar that you don't have to worry about being bored with. Three-position pickup switch and pull-up tone knob that functions as a humbucker coil spit split. Change from media to twangy sound sounds. Ships and Fender gig bag. This price actually came down, I think, from when you screen grabbed it, uh, from when I originally. Well, saw I grabbed it. this. I grabbed this, the screen grabs that uh, George sent. Anthony. Anthony. I was thinking of the G okay. in there. Okay. For some reason, I thought it dropped in more. Even at four hundred. How much did you pay for your Duo Sonic that you returned? I think it was like three seventy five. Yeah, yeah. This is man, way too much. This is all side grades and semi rat rotting. I mean, every every point that he made, every you know thing that you had to read through, just take off thirty bucks per point. I mean, that's that's your price under four hundred bucks. You know. Yeah. So this thing should really be like two fifty. Do Do you think? I I do wonder about this paint has aged. Um, I definitely don't feel like this is a normal fender color. So I do wonder like what, what did they do to age? How it? did they age this in three years? Yeah. Also, um, I mean, the pickguard is just mangled. They painted it. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, they painted it and then they're like, Oh, I got a tele wiring kit. So let's just smash the crap out of this. And because it's a telewiring kit, tele kits the the amount of lead between the two pots is pretty limited. But so they all, just no. I think they. I think the problem was the switch, because they couldn't. 
Like just you, you've got a guitar open. You've got to be doing soldering. Maybe they weren't doing soldering because they they mentioned the GFS no solder kit. Yeah. So instead of soldering because they weren't prepared to solder, they drilled new holes, and then I'm assuming dremeled in a a slot for a, a three way switch. Yeah. No, that's exactly what they did. And what that's, I'm saying is, I they had to put in the new holes because. Because there's not um, spacing for a telly. Yeah, because these these pots are already spaced, and when you buy like, because I've owned two of them, like you don't have you don't have right. a ton of lead line. When you, you have, buy a pre-wired harness, like everything is is lined up the way it needs to be without yeah. extra without extra wire, which is a great thing if you're buying a harness for the guitar that you're putting it in. He really yeah, not just this needed wacky noise nonsense. He needed to. One, have a soldering iron. Two, know how to use it. Disconnect wires and move the components around instead of hacking up a pickguard. I mean, to, to buy, for me to want to buy this thing, I'd be investing in a new pickguard because, first of all, a painted pickguard. Why is my mic muted? There. My mic muted for some reason. I didn't do that. Yeah, you just, like, roboted to death. Oh, weird. On, on my end. Now you sound robotic on my end. I was looking at because uh, for a few of the songs I wanted to Shit. actually read the lyrics and figure out what the hell was going on. Oh, we might have to end the show. I just spilled beer all over the computer. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. God damn it, Ryan. Oh man. All right, this is the end of the episode, guys. All right, we'll see you later. I'm just gonna keep recording. Not if I end the broadcast. I gotta shut this down. I'm just sending you my phone. God audio. damn it, I. I can't even control the keypad. All right. Uh, For those listening to the audio podcast, everyone watching the video already knows because we had to break this into two parts. Uh, Steve's mic, something happened technically. And I think it, I still think it's your internet. I think it was my side. Something happened on my side that freaked out the computer and I should have just restarted the browser to address it. Um, Something freaked out, and I got so flustered that I ended up knocking over a beer all over the computer. <laughs> and at that point, the podcast ended. And uh, I was able to make it back to my desk computer and do some hangouts with Steve and other people last night. But, um, yeah, so this is going to be the second part of the podcast, the back end of it. Uh, those of you listening to the audio don't know that anything happened. So, anyways... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this episode is brought to you by Tour Gear Designs. Uh, they make a remarkably flat and small soldered patch cable with a super flexible flat uh, cable to it and a super small round uh, with a short shaft plug that's going to be very convenient for plugging all your pedals together on your pedal board. Uh, go follow the link in the description to get 10% off with code 60CYCLEHUM. Uh, spend over a hundred bucks and get free shipping. Uh, that's important stuff. And, uh, yeah, go check them out. I've been using them in all the demos that I do on my desk. So I like them. I, I really like how flexible they are. Tour gear designs, tour gear designs. You ever notice how they do that in old, uh, like radio commercials? Say, tour say it all gear design. Like they say it multiple times just to fill out. The airtime of the commercial. Tour gear designs. They keep saying it. (laughs) You got to make sure you know what the product is. All right. So album review. 
there it is. Let me pull up my notes yeah, again. All right. So you started to talk about this last night and I was just like zoning it out because I was so distracted by what was happening and thinking like how bad the audio is being ruined. Uh, yeah. So how dare you uh, lay it on me, man? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I picked this album. I thought I had listened to this album before, actually. Uh-huh. And I after listening to it several times, I don't think I had. I think maybe I had heard um, the first track on like a, a YouTube mix or something or uh, Pandora. And then the stars, the hit, the hit song. Yes. From this yes. album. Uh, this album came out in 1995. Um, I really like it, this album. I would definitely listen to it again. I think my overall overarching takeaway on it is seems to be the takeaway I hit a lot with out these 90s albums is that there's like way more chorus or phaser or whatever going on than I ever expect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of modulation up. that you don't think about happening in, yeah. in a lot of kind of like 90s alt rock songs. Actually, in most songs, there's a lot more modulation than you realize. Like, so many times you think, like, yeah. oh, this is just going to be dry, distorted tone. And then there's a surprise phaser going on or a surprise slow yeah. wah or something in so many songs. I'm not talking about this album specifically. But, yeah, this is kind of a uh, – as far as kind of alternative high gain sorts of sounds, it gets into very, like, slow ambient sorts of stuff, which is interesting. Very moody. Very but moody. You're saying album. this album? Yeah, this album's very moody. I, yeah, I think my fair. main complaint about it was that I was not in the mood for the kind of moody this <laughs> that it was, and I was just listening to it and was like, I am not, I am not the grumpy teenager college student that this is meant for. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of the things you're talking about, like how it's just had these like big, big, moody sounds. One. Uh, I was um, trying to figure out what the lyrics were in the song "Why I Like the Robins," and I started looking through the YouTube comments, and there were, one of the comments on there was talking about how um, apparently "Hum" was a big influence on the Deftones. Okay. And Chino Moreno had like pointed out like that that was a band that they were based on to the extent that, of course, you know the folks watching the stream see this album cover it's pretty basic it's green it says hum you'd prefer an astronaut and it's got a zebra on it mm-hmm. um and apparently the the album cover for the deftones white pony which is like i think a white or it's a gray background with like a little white pony in the corner uh-huh. and just simple text on the side that is uh deftones white pony oh i looked it up yeah was, <laughs> it's like the was, same thing uh, <laughs> yeah it, but it but it's intentional Right, right. Like it's an it's an intentional homage, uh, or at least that's like a lot of uh, a lot of the speculation on that. That is that's a uh, intentional thing. Um, this this band, you know, this this was a, this was another sneaky choice, maybe. Why is it um, sneaky? Because this is another one of the bands that I I actually I think where I started hearing them. I'd heard stars on the radio, but then I also picked up an album that was like called Nowcore, and uh, and it's uh, it's like called Nowcore, the punk rock evolution, and it's but it's all these '90s post punk mm. bands, and basically it's it's like a '90s emo primer. 
Right. Oh, it totally so, is. So but it's a it lot of like, these, you know, Texas is the reason and, and Braid and Sunny Day Real Estate and whatever. This kind of bridges the gap in between, like, the Sonic Youths and... Yeah. Yeah, like, all the kind of, the, like, the emo takes on this sort of sound. Yeah. Um, the other thing I said, I think they're, like, you know, every album seems like it has this forced... We've talked about this with Green Day. It's, like, this mandatory one acoustic track. Sure. The mandatory acoustic track on this album is my, easily my least favorite song on the album that's uh the very old man mm. um and i think my favorite album is i'd like your hair long which is super poppy By album you mean favorite song favorite song on the album yeah right right is uh i'd like your hair long i had a note on that song where is it's it? really poppy and they do this really i oh I wrote, all i the, wrote was fun guitar work and i'd like your hair long yeah my it's note definitely for like a bit more jangly a previous song for Suicide Machine, I wrote, getting a strong REM vibe from the vocals on Suicide Machine. Like, he was doing, like, this almost affected Michael Stipe sort of vocal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can hear that. My glasses are fogging. Hot. That's so weird. Hot stuff. I know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Do, do you like this? Do you like this? Does Do you think... I, I feel like this probably has a lot of like um, influences floating around in it for you. Like, I yeah, could, I could hear. You, I will listen to this album again at some point. I heard I could hear influences on your playing floating around in this, whether you had listened to it or not. Um, it was influencing someone who's influenced you in the way you approach yeah. music. Um, I don't think I'll ever listen to it again. It it didn't connect with me. Right. I've, I, I know I've, I'm familiar with the song Stars as being a radio hit around here. I don't know if it is everywhere. Um, I can appreciate the era of music that it represents. But I think if I'm going to listen to this kind of era of alt rock, I'm going to go listen to like Lucy's Fur Coat or something like that. Right. So right. I don't know. There's just something about the mood of it I didn't connect with. Maybe I'll change my mind sometime. It wasn't offensive to me. It just. Yeah, no connection. I think they, I think at least the different songs I've heard, um, this one is definitely, it's probably, I don't know if it, I would say it's more accessible. Um, their next album, Downward is Heavenward, is like, has a, at least a few tracks on it that are like super heavy and it's mm. definitely getting more into like sounding very similar to what the Deftones were doing. Um, and a lot more like shoegazy. I mean, it's just like huge. Yeah. Some huge sounding uh, songs on that one. But, uh, oh, apparently they released a new album this year, which I actually, I think I've accidentally heard a, a song or two off of this one and it's the same thing. It's these big Whoops. buzz... What an accident. Sound, so. Sorry, guys. I accidentally well, listened to your album. Well, I mean, like, because I'm listening on uh, I'm listening on YouTube. So that this album ended and it just started playing track, like, suggested tracks. So. <laughs> or hiding behind the zebra. Yesterday when you left, it centered my camera, so I was just behind, <laughs> like I was completely covered behind the album. Like that. 
Yeah. I had to like reorient myself in my room to do the next 20 minutes of the show. So, uh, who would you, who would you recommend this to? Um, nineties kids, nineties kids. I, th- I think like it, it's a nineties all, um, oh, I think it's overlooked. I think if you're into nineties alt, but you're looking for something like less, it's like, like more poppy than it's both like, I guess it's less artsy and more pop rocky than like the smashing pumpkins were doing at the same time. Sure. I, you know, I'd, I'd, I would not suggest this to serious music fans because they probably already know about it. Like, like, like record store buffs and whatever. Um, but if I met, you know, some young person who, and I was like, oh, what are you listening to? And they're like, oh, I've been really getting into 90s stuff. I've been listening to, you know, a lot of like Jane's Addiction. Right. I've been listening to, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've been listening to Sonic Youth. I've been listening to REM. Like all, anything that's kind of floating around this kind of like alternative but gets a little unhinged on the edges, I'd be like, oh, you should go check out Hum. You know, more of like yeah. a deep, deep cut. Like go check those guys out. And maybe it'll, you know push them a different direction. Or I'd suggest it to someone who is just like super hot for like 2000s emo and late nineties emo and be like, yeah. Oh, you should go, you should go listen to this. I feel like it might be a push into a better direction than where you're living currently. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just didn't connect with it, but I didn't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. All right, you want it's to talk? Sol- I think it's solid. I think there's, like I said, I like. I, obviously, I picked it, and I picked it, uh, thinking that I had already, well, knowing actually, because I started listening to this album at the beginning of the week, trying to decide if it was going to be the album that I suggested to you. Um, I think I'm going to go back to the list for our next one, and then mm. after that, well, next time I, I get to pick. For my next pick, I mean, I Deal might with stick it. to the list. I'm gonna pick. Hey guys, if you if you want me to pick something that'll really trip up Steve, all you got to do is join our ten dollar Patreon, and when you get in the inner circle group, suggest it in the pinned thread. They <laughs> say, "Do this one to 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 ruin Steve life, Steve's life," and I'll pick that one next. Didn't we already listen to Captain Beefheart? <laughs> I'm really surprised, like how little you liked that. I thought I mean, it was more uh, maybe accessible I'll, than you It's just you like did. background. What it actually reminded me of... Well, anyway, I don't, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> you want to do some housekeeping? Yeah, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, I mean, housekeeping speaking of Patreon stuff. Our patrons, um, the folks who support us on patreon.com slash 60cyclehumpcast. Patreon.com. Uh, at this week, at the $1 level, we have Peter Madonna, who's in the chat tonight. Oh, hi, Peter. Peter. Oh, there he is right um, there. He's, he's telling us where he used to buy weed. Nice. To play south of Seattle called Evergreen Terrace in the early 90s. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> um, and then at the $5 level uh, is Dan Pratt, who's supporting us. So uh, thanks, guys. Um, whether it's a dollar or $5 or a lot of dollars, um, you know, we appreciate everyone who um, supports the show. And... Um, yeah, go check it out. Patreon.com. Yeah. Throw, throw us, change our lives. Change every our time lives. every time one of my computers suffers severe water damage or fluid damage, money from the Patreon helps me out to get a new one. I don't think that's going to happen this time. But uh, Patreons, 
thanks for everything. You make the show run. You really do. It really has made this a sustainable endeavor all these years. Six and a half years, something like that. It's ridiculous. Uh, next ad? You want to do it? Next ad. Let's do it. Boom! Flippy floppy this, fender. Yeah, this is a prototype fender Voyager. It says, here's a crazy rare one to consider. This is one of the three <laughs> that prototype name. fender Voyager acoustic guitars. I don't think that's accurate. Voyager. What a name to pick for a guitar. <laughs> um, maybe this is, maybe there's um, some technicality here because it says it's one of, it specifies that it's one of the three prototype Fender Voyagers. Uh, I'll read the rest. It says this guitar pivots at the neck joint and collapses so you can take it to the beach or on a plane, storing its backpack style carrying case. This is a very cool guitar that's actually featured on Dragon's Den. Uh, which is Shark Tank, but I think in Canada it's called Dragon's Den, mm. uh, before Fender signed on to do a limited 100-piece run. This is, oh, okay, this is serial number three, which was the last of the three protos created. The body of the guitar is a CD140 spec, so it's a great, solid top guitar. Brand new guitar, since it's so, it's not a brand new guitar. It's is it brand, brand new, Steve. Brand, the brand, brand is new. Since it's so rare, I don't have a range for price point, so feel free to send me a reasonable offer. Well, let me tell you, uh, a reasonable offer on this is um, is you can. These are listed as brand new on eBay. Uh, I don't think they are the Fender ones. I think they are made by Voyager. Um. Oh, you think it's a it's a brand making modifications? No, I think there is a company called Voyager who oh. partnered with Fender to make like additional guitars. I see. Um, the they also have made travel electrics that are similar. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this one. This one has a headstock that is says Voyager guitar um, on the headstock. Um, and so I think what it is is Fender at some point purchased this like the neck joint and then applied it to their own. So it's it's oh, a collaboration I see. I between see the two companies. And it's almost so the range I'm seeing on Reverb for the actual Voyager brand ones is from like eight. There's a used one for like four hundred and fifty dollars. So the wild card is really whether or not the having the Fender name on this thing makes it worth more or if it's just like eh, who cares right the interesting thing is i think the um the voyage air branded ones i can't figure out exactly where they are made because it just lo gives the name of the city that the head they're headquartered in it looks like a very attractive guitar when it's not folded in half I think it's interesting that it has some sort of fancy uh, nut grabber thing. I'm assuming to hold the strings. It's like a it's like a locking nut. Oh, did you see that? I don't think I. Re so it's a string. It's like a string through nut. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's still going. The strings are still going to come loose, but they're not going to flop all over the place. Well, they're not going to flop out of the tuner. Is the idea right? So when you clamp it back, it'll just go right back into tune. Is the theory. I, don't, I look at this and I feel the same way I feel about all the folding travel guitars. Like, 
Which is... Do you really need to take your guitar so bad that you have a special guitar that folds in half? Like, a, a true, like, traveling, gigging musician, they figured out the way to get through the airport. And you can carry instruments on the airport. Like, this is yeah. still a bulky bag. Look at that bag. It's still bulky to take on an airplane. It's just a different kind of bulky. And airplanes are required to take musical instruments in the cabin now. Is that all like always? I, I have no idea. No, that's that's the it's been that way for I think a couple of years now. So maybe this was made before all that. But still it's just like I feel the like the the return on the concept isn't that great. Like if you were for sure traveling Yeah. many, many times a year and you absolutely have to bring a guitar. Is this really the guitar you want, though? If you're no. that, in, if you're that's 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 really the thing I wrestle with. If if you're that dedicated to a touring life, where this becomes necessary, then you probably are picky to the point about the instrument you're playing because you're such a professional. You're like, no, this isn't really going to cut it for me because this is a, okay. So here's so just here's one, one specific. Of, here's guitar. what I don't understand. I mean, I understand. I just think it's dumb. Maybe. On their on the Voyager website for this guitar, it says there was only 150 made. Basically, this guitar is exactly like our VAD04 with a Fender headstock and branding. Which is VAD04 is their um, oh that's the VAD1. So I don't even see a VAD04. Maybe it's discontinued. Um, so it's like they this person who's saying like oh there's no I can't put a price on this because um because it's so rare it's like well you kind of can you just have to um the vad04 g2 is 840 dollars marked down to 589 dollars. so that's exactly what this is worth mm. <laughs> like not so unless you like you got to be a real fender nut job and not just be like oh i really love fender guitars but like fender acoustics like Right, it's so specific. Yeah, I just, I, I guess like the upside is if you want something that's going to be relatively compactish and you really, really got to have like the full bass response. Um, but otherwise, I just don't, I don't see a point to this you know, 99% of the applications, like you said, like maybe you don't want to travel with, I guess the only upside to this is like, you can strap it on like a backpack and it's going to be the same size as a backpack. Right. <laughs> but if you're, if you're, I don't know if you're, it just seems like it, to me, it really just comes down to that, you know, diminishing returns for a professionally traveling musician. So it cancels out the need for a professionally traveling musician to use this because they're not going to pick this guitar unless like they are just a Fender nut for whatever reason, which I've never met someone who's a nut for Fender acoustics. Like Fender acoustics are something people buy because they're like, oh, I need an acoustic. That's what was at the store. Um, <laughs> um, so then what's left is people who are traveling that just want to have a good a guitar with them and an instrument with them. And for those people, I say, if you're going on vacation, just suck it up. Enjoy your vacation. Or get a ukulele or get a sincerely small travel guitar. Right. Like, stop 
all this folding nonsense. You're overthinking it and you're spending a ton of money so you can annoy your family on vacation. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my, that's my hot take on it. How much did they want for this? Did it say? They said they didn't make an offer price because they said they didn't know how much it's worth. What would you offer, Steve? Nothing. This is worthless. <laughs> yeah, I have no, I have no reason for this. I, you know, if I want a small guitar to bring on with me on a trip, I bring the the baby Taylor, which is probably way cheaper than they'd want for this. Yeah. Or I bring a ukulele. Or I just go. I'm on vacation. If I really want to play guitar super bad on vacation, I'll drag my family to a local music shop to see what's in the used section for, you know, my own tourism or whatever. Uh, but I can survive a week, a weekend, a trip, whatever, without playing guitar. Maybe the people who want these things can't, I guess. Maybe they love guitar more than I do. Yeah. Um, Ryan, one of the oh, – we'll, we'll do this in a minute. Never sure. mind. Um, you got anything else for this show? Uh, no, I think this is the end of what we needed to complete the podcast. So, uh, you want to take us out, tell us about the song and yeah, then the we'll song was sent do a hangout by, with everyone. Uh, the song was sent by Daniel Askins. He says, hi, Ryan. Apparently hi. not me. Don't listen to the uh, song, Steve. I've been listening to your podcast. And since I'm an avid home recorder, I thought I could give you a sample on this recording. I went for that sort of bad TV show theme. Everything is done on guitar. I use a lot of pedals, particularly the Boss SY1 on the first half. Have fun. Keep doing what you do. Daniel Askins. This song is called Argonuts. Cool. I look forward so, to listening to it. And yep. uh, to everyone in the uh, audio podcast, stay grounded. Bye. See ya.